on TV, online and on. We're turning you on. Please don't turn us off. This is EPT Not Live. <laughs> I never remember what those are going to be. That was awesome. That was funny. We are turning you on. Please don't turn us off. Hello, my babies, and welcome to EPT Not Live. Coming up on today's show, a recap of EPT London's final table that was released this week. Scoopy Doopy Doo. Bro. Poker Stars Team Pros are mashing the scoop. Well, one of them is at least. We're going to have adventures in real life poker. I went down to Brighton to play a comedy show and I stayed on to play a super fantastic, fun little pub league. We're going to have another edition of Superfan vs. Stapes. We're going to get to all your user submitted banana ad. That's right. One. <laughs> Who would have thought that would fall flat on his ass? We got one submission for banana ads. We'll get to that later in the show. And we will be having on special guest poker stars, team pro, Jake Cody. I am Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton, and with me is Auntie Hardigan. James Hardigan. Hello, Joseph. And contrary to speculation on social media, the other voice on this show, the voice at the start of the show, is not Olivia Barry. It's Westminster Abbey. Westminster Abbey. If you don't know where we're talking about, go back through, watch the London shows, look for that sketch. Same actress played Westminster Abbey. It's really hard to say Westminster Abbey because I've gotten used to saying it the right way. <laughs> now it's weird to say it. Uh, Joseph, we have some unfinished business from last week. Okay, that's uh, good. I also have unfinished business from last week. Obviously, great feedback to last week's show. Uh, Vaguely Craigley uh, was a big fan. Simon Baker, not the mentalist, says, just listen to episode seven. Another great show. I think Jason Mercier would be an ideal guest for episode eight. Episode nine, because next week will be scoop in review and we will hopefully have Mr. Mercier on the line. But as Joe said, this week it's about the EPT London final table show, uh, which is now out on the Pokestars YouTube channel. Jake Cody, a huge part of that show. So we're going to be talking to Jake today. Uh, Tony Alvarez. Really enjoyed EPT Not Live this week. Actually like them all, but prefer the urinal free ones. Obviously, we did have an episode where we went into incredible detail about the state of the toilets here at the Pokestars office. I disagree. Office. I prefer the urinal non-free ones. Well, there's only been one so far. So there is actually... Okay, we're now talking about urinals again. That means that there is a two in eight chance that there will be urinal content in the show. That's not bad odds. The Oh, right. No, that's good. And especially since those are the good ones. Uh, Mihailos has just finished my eight-hour EPT Not Live marathon. I'm so Super sorry. fan alert. You're on the list, Mihailo. Uh, Stapes, you're not the only one playing poker with your dong out. Thank you. See? Thank you. Lots of people have got one hand on the mouse. you got to do something to keep yourself interested, or you play too many hands. Uh, a former superfan, Varun, says he lolled hard every minute during the five questions with Johnny Ludden. Are you genuinely... Not going to let Johnny forget about that. Do you have something else planned for I do, show? actually. I have something even worse, probably. Something I didn't have <laughs> the heart to plan the last show, but we're going we're gonna to roll that out this episode for sure. Tim Slater enjoys the podcast. Also enjoyed EPT Live from the Grand Final in Monaco. And a couple of people randomly tweeted Fletch. Andy Gibbons yes, yes, asked, thank was you. it a Fletch gag? But before him... Because obviously speed was of the essence here. Was a chap called Enorma Pengar at ET Blaine who tweeted at Stapes hashtag EPT not live Fletch. That's correct. Now the trivia question was: What movie reference could I not resist squeezing in 
to my winner interview with Adrian Mateus Diaz. And um, it was. It was a Fletch reference. Whenever Fletch doesn't understand someone speaking Spanish, he just replies with Tierra del Fuego, uh, which is what I did. By the way, James, I got, you know, I always wait for the day that I make a joke that's going to catch me like a lot of shit, right? And I've so far, the, the penultimate do London we include, show. Do we include Mori Mondays in this? No, I'm talking about stuff I've said on EPT. Okay. And last week's show, I made an entourage joke. Yes. I'm going to go ahead and call this bet entourage because I don't like it and I wish I'd never seen it in the first place. Now, I went on to pile on to the entourage joke a few times. It's the most negative response I've ever gotten to a joke on the show. I'm kind of I'm, I'm surprised that people felt the need to argue with you about it because ultimately it's subjectivity. Who right? cares? Everyone's right. entitled to their opinion. Who cares? But... I'm also not surprised in the sense that that is a hugely popular show and I'm fed up of people wanging on about, oh, the movie's out this year. Isn't that going to be awesome? The movie's out this year. It's like, I, I, I don't care. Don't, I really don't care. care. I mean, the kind of person that would like Entourage is the kind of person that would shout at someone else for not <laughs> liking Entourage. And that kind of person is a douche. So yes, Alan and Kuhn. Um, by the way, James Hughes said that that joke was brilliant. But yes, that joke got me more shit than anything else on Facebook, on Twitter. Um, so yeah, that was, uh, it was weird. I, I didn't expect it to be about Entourage. I don't know if you noticed, James, but this week, uh, last week, me and Matt Broughton, me and The Waster, started Twitch streaming, but we uh, we started streaming video games. Yeah, what's all this about? I thought the whole idea of you getting into the whole Twitch thing was to do poker. Well, I'm going to do some poker stuff. I'm going to do some poker stuff, but I think it would be inherently more entertaining to watch me play something other than poker. So I probably won't play non-poker stuff under the Poker Stars banner, but I I will play fun things uh, under my own name. And so Broughton came over, we played for a little bit. And then last night, um, Liv happened to be in my neighborhood and she was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm just playing some video games on Twitch. Want to come by? And she did. So Liv and I did a short little broadcast last night. Hang on night. a second. So I thought you had to relocate to Matt Broughton's because your internet was too shitty no. to actually stream from. See, we didn't. Now, first of all, um, it turns out I was pressing the wrong button. I pressed this thing called SharePlay, which I don't even know what that is. Don't look at me. And I think that what it is is like maybe someone else can take over your PlayStation remotely and it like sort of transfers the whole system my internet connection was not good enough for that it was good enough because uh, i was like hey just come hang out anyway we'll play video games regardless that day and then matt's like hey let's just try it and he did he flipped it on and we got it working and we had a really good time unfortunately i didn't know you had to click a button to like archive your videos so those are gone so if you didn't catch it you won't be able to see it. it this seems like a learning process for you. Exactly, With every yeah. stream you do, something's going to exactly. get better. Exactly. So and... it's not exactly. It has. You know, it's not gold yet. It's not gold. But uh, so by it's the happening. time you are streaming poker and dropping knowledge bombs, then everything should be sorted. The yes. streams will be archived. Everything's going to look beautiful. It'll all be fine and dandy. And in fact, I want to tell you what, what what my pitch is actually for streaming um, on Twitch. I think I can tell you. I think I can tell you. So my, the idea is. It's gonna be it's gonna be win Stapes money basically. They're gonna give me a hundred pounds, and I'm gonna go on Poker Stars and I'm gonna play games that I have literally never played before. So I'm gonna play Badoogie. I'm gonna play Deuce to Seven. I'm gonna play. Are you actually gonna read the rules before no, playing them? Nope. I'm just gonna go in head first, and it's a great idea. Now here's the, here's the real twist. You know how everyone plays on like a five minute delay? Me, no delay. <laughs> 
there is a fundamental flaw in that concept. You really do want to give your money away, no right? No delay. You, everyone else makes you wait, not me. You can, if you play on my table, you can see exactly what cards I have. That's that's how that's how much I want you to win Stapes money. I really like this idea for two reasons. Number one, the charity element, but number two, this is going to get people playing mixed games. It's going to get people playing forms of poker that aren't No Limit Hold'em. And there are a lot of fun forms of poker out there, many of which make an appearance during drunken home games that I think it's great people can check out on Exactly, PokerStars. Absolutely. And of course, there are some more variations that exist in the real world that we could probably never add to Poker Stars, but there's plenty of other stuff on there that I... like. Isn't there like Kershaval and stuff on there? Stuff I... Like, I barely have a clue how to play No Limit Hold'em. So imagine me playing a game that I've literally never played before. Now, here's my question. Will there be alcohol involved? Because didn't you get a caution for drinking a beer when you weren't age rated or something? I did, and I changed that. I changed the age rated. I don't think I don't think I'm the poker stars one I'm allowed to drink. Um, but to be fair, if I'm drinking out of a coffee mug, who really knows what's in there? Uh, so liquid will be entering my body. I can't say what it is. But yeah, I changed the age rating on my own site. So now I should be able to, to talk about and drink beer. Yes. I'm okay. a man. I'm <laughs> One of us is. The other one is 43. Uh, so just to clarify, <laughs> E.T. Blaine, who got that Fletch question correct, you'll be getting an Everyone Loves a Chop Pot t-shirt. Uh, that is not the only piece of unfinished business from last week, Joe. We did hold over some of the anecdotes, some of the behind-the-scenes stories from the grand final in Monaco, uh, stuff that we didn't get to. Now is the perfect opportunity to do that. Event Recap. Event Recap. One last chance to hear this song, at least. Oh, I think I might be over it. I think I might be over this. I think I might be on to Uptown Funk now. You guys know that yesterday I went a whole 15 minutes without hearing Uptown Funk? It was crazy. I, was, I thought that maybe, like, the, the world had had died and I was the only last living member. I was at a school fair with my daughter on Sunday and they had, like, a stage where, like, various kids had put together little routines. So, like, a group of kids came on and mimed to Uptown Funk. Yeah. Then came, like, the first grade dance quartet who did a dance choreographed to Uptown Funk. Then came some guys on who sang along to Uptown Funk. It's like, did no one get the memo that it's a good idea that like one person claim a song and that same thing happened in my sixth grade talent show. So that's a little bit a little bit older than than your uh, little girl. But uh, every uh, there were probably twenty acts, and I want to say fourteen of them did Bell Biv DeVoe's Poison. <laughs> if that dates things at all, that does date things. 100%. But yes, the theme from Monaco, the theme from the grand final, which seems like an eternity ago now. I'm, I'm it actually, really does. I'm yeah. actually glad that you wrote down bullet points for yourself because I can't remember anything anymore. Yeah, it really does. Like, I almost like these stories. You know how when you have a story to tell and like when it's fresh in your mind, you're like, oh, this is so good. Now, th now that I've cooled off on these a little bit, I'm not sure how great they are. But uh, I saved my two best, most embarrassing stories from Monaco, one of which James hasn't even heard yet. But the first one is so embarrassing because I um I try to work out in Monaco. There's a nice gym in the hotel we stay at. Um and so I went down to the gym on one of the first days there and of course I always run into super high rollers in the gym. I think it's fair to say you got to the gym more than I did because I was a, I was pretty sick during our stay in Monaco and you're not meant to do exercise when you're unwell. So I only made it down there once. I can't decide if I want to lie about how often I went to the gym or if I want to tell the truth. 
Oh, really? So it I went exactly once. Okay, so we're, we're, we're on par. <laughs> we're evens. Uh, on my one trip down to the gym at 7.45 in the morning, the only high roller in there was Sam Trickett until Philip Horatio Ivy yeah, wanders in, see? strolls over to Trickett, says hello, strolls over to the girl who runs the gym, says hello, That's hot. Get, gets on an exercise bike, literally pedals for about 40 seconds, leaves the gym. That's oh. how Ivy rolls. See, that's what see, that's what I'm afraid of doing. So what happened to me is I went down there and all Shemian and Dan Coleman were there, right? And I'm thinking to myself, all I have to do is outlast them. Like I can't come after them. So immediately the alpha male in you is right. kind of like, it's competition. Exactly. It's a match of endurance. It's embarrassing if I arrive after them and then leave before either one of them. So I'm like, I at least have to make it before these guys mm. leave the gym. So recipe for disaster. Definitely, definitely a recipe for disaster. So I, you know, I do my normal thing, and I also just been for a long run. I like to do cardio first, and Monaco is actually a really cool place to run. It's a very, I can do forty minutes of jogging there, no problem, because it's like there's a lot to look at, and it's nice and it's gorgeous. So I got to the gym and I did my normal routine. I did some arms, did some back, did some chest, and then I figure I'm gonna polish things off by doing uh, some core, doing some ab work. So I get on that little that little bench where you sort of hang upside down a little bit and do 30 crunches, you know, left, center, right, left, center, right. And I, um, I lean back on the thing to rest for a minute or two. And then uh, as I go to get started my second set, I do a, a crunch straight up and my entire stomach goes into a full cramp. Like, I, like pain that I've never experienced before in my life. And... I did everything I could to not just completely scream in agony. Like I've had small stomach cramps before, like in one part, this was every muscle in my stomach had ah. tensed up and I didn't, I couldn't even, so I immediately flopped down on the bench. And the thing is, but in that position, it's really hard to relax your stomach because you're sort of tensing your muscles, just being on the bench. So my only options are to slowly wait for it to like unclench itself or to flop onto the floor. How did you suppress the scream at this point? How are you not crying like a little girl? I looked like I was laughing. I was like, <sighs> like gritted teeth, just laying there, just sort of writhing around. Um, and I was like, what do I do here? Should I just make a move for the floor and just flop on the floor and get everyone's attention or just ride this out? And I was like, no, I can't do it. I need to just lay here and I will not flop onto the floor in front of all of Shemian. It's just not <laughs> happening. <laughs> And so it also is embarrassing because it probably took me a good four or five minutes to be able to move again. And so I also just looked like I was just chilling on the bench. And then there was like a really stupid song playing at the same time, but I like couldn't get you know, my, on my what, iPod. Was it, was it Uptown Funk? It might have been Uptown <laughs> Funk. And I'm just like, shut up, please. You're destroying my body and my life. And so I just eventually just... Breathe and breathing, everything was like keeping it tense. So I finally slowly um, got off the bench. It took forever though. And then I ran out like without anyone looking at me. And I was just so embarrassed. Like, man, like just the, the fat guy in the gym getting a stomach cramp. Like, it's just too embarrassing. Tell you what, that probably did wonders though for your stomach muscles. I hope so. I hope it was at least like doing another set. Yeah. At the very least. So I did, in fact, end up leaving the gym before all of Shemian and Dan Coleman. I was just like tail between my legs. So embarrassed. But this wasn't as embarrassing as the other thing that happened that I didn't get a chance to tell you about. So you know that in the beginning of Monaco, I basically got dumped. Yeah, you told that story last week. Yes. So I get I get over things pretty quickly. And there's a whole world. Define quickly. Like I was 
definitely a little bummed out, but it doesn't take me long to move on to the next person. The best way to get over someone yeah. is for someone else to get under you. That's what I always say. <laughs> Christ. And so I already had some irons in the fire and I realized that I forgot, I didn't bring any condoms with me. Not more condom drama. Didn't we have this at the PCA? Well, in, in PCA, I accidentally left my condoms in someone else's room. In Vienna, I accidentally put my condoms out on the counter with a girl I was flirting with when I tried to take out a piece of paper to give her my phone number. And in Monaco, I had forgotten to bring them at all. Now, um, so I was like, okay, things, you want to be prepared like the Boy Scouts say. Yeah. Uh, so I need to go find some. So there was one day where I wasn't starting in commentary till like 12.30. And so I decided that I was going to venture out of the hotel to try to find a pharmacy. Wandering the streets of Monaco looking for condoms. Yes. And let's, so, let's, let's, let's just revise that sentence. Looking for overpriced condoms. Exactly. Now, I didn't have time to like go and get changed afterwards. So also I was trying to figure out the most efficient way. By the way, I don't want to say condoms in Monaco is expensive, but uh, it's actually cheaper to just have children. So... <laughs> So I didn't want to get all sweated up. I didn't want to take a cab necessarily because it's like 15 euros each way and I'm already spending a ton of money on these. on these. Also, if you jump into a cab and go, take me to the nearest pharmacy, please, people think bad things. Right, exactly. You don't think you need condoms. You're thinking this guy's got dysentery. So I happened to catch like the shuttle bus that goes to Casino Square and I was like, okay, perfect. There's bound to be a bunch of of uh, pharmacies Joe, up Joe. in the center of whoa, town. Whoa, whoa. We, we filmed in Casino Square for two years running. There's like the Hotel de Paris, an expensive cafe, a fountain, and a casino. Yeah, but that's where the rest of the city is there too, not down on the end where we are. Like it's a, If you walk up the hill the rest of the way, that's where everything else is. So I went to Casino Square, walked up the hill, found a pharmacy, closed. Went to another pharmacy, closed. Was it a Sunday? Turns out it was Friday, which apparently was May Day or something. It was um, like May 1st. Yeah. And so I'm like, fuck! Now I'm in the middle of nowhere. I'm running all over the place. I'm sweating now. I got to be back in commentary in like 30 minutes, and I still don't have condoms. Can I just check something? Yeah. Did you investigate whether there were any in the minibar? Now, that sounds ridiculous, but these days, many hotels have essentials like that in the minibar. I didn't specifically go looking for them, but I feel like I would have noticed them if they did, because right. I, I do notice that type of thing. Uh, so uh, I'm like, God damn it, what am I going to do? So now I'm at the point where I have to go into these little tobacco shops and ask. So now I'm like asking, do you have condoms? Like, which... Uwe Johnny, if you play. <laughs> which as a... Like, even as an adult, it's like not the most comfortable thing in the world to do, especially like when you're speaking a different language because mm. I don't know how to ask in French. And so the guy's like, no. And I was like, okay, well, I'll try to... I didn't realize all the pharmacies were closed because it was a holiday. So then I found another pharmacy, nothing. And then off in the distance, up a, I start walking up this hill. I see there's a pharmacy and outside there is a condom vending machine outside the pharmacy nice did you have enough notes on you for the vending machine well the thing is the vending machine all jokes aside just took euros uh, uh coins coins and, and i did not have any coins so at this point now i have to go back into that tobacco shop where oh, the guys God. told me he doesn't have any and like buy a bunch of stuff to get change so now i'm like buying souvenirs i don't need i ended up spending like whatever it was to break a 20 i ended up spending like you know 
15 euros. Well, no, you didn't need to spend so, like, 15 So I would get max change possible. Oh, I see. You've got to make sure that he's not going to give you any, any notes No, back. it's right. Exactly. Well, then make sure you spend like six, because that way you're going to get a 10 and, a, and, and four euro coins. Well, I needed some souvenirs anyway. You know how I do. There's always like a few people I'm seeing back here in London. And I always pretend like I got you a souvenir special when really I just buy five of the same thing and just give it to everyone. So then I have the coins. And so I go walking up there. I'm just, I'm still sweaty and I'm running out of time. And I, and I buy, the thing is, because I don't know, like, when I'm going to get back here again, I buy like an overwhelmingly obscene number of condoms. Like I buy like six boxes of condoms, um, which is very wishful thinking on my part, but also just like, you know how, like when you run out of something, you tend to overstock. Yeah. So I'm doing this and it's like coin and ka-chunk coin and ka-chunk i mean it's very loud and then i turn around and right behind me is like a whole group of dealers they were like staying at a hotel on that block and they just watched me just put <laughs> coin after coin after coin and just like i'm some kind of fiend like some like oh. i'm putting them on my fingers at nighttime and using them to eat a sandwich God. like there's just no conceivable way i could have needed that many condoms and they saw everything and so there's like someone's got their phone out and is filming it. Yeah. I mean, luckily that didn't happen, but yes. And I was just like head in my hands. Like, Oh man, this is so embarrassing. And here's the worst part. The worst part is the condoms that went unused in Monaco, which may or may not have been all of them left them right in the fucking nightstand <laughs> as a tip for the maid. So I spent money getting there, spent money to get change, spent money on them, and then left them in the goddamn drawer. So as very appropriate for Monte Carlo, the most expensive condoms you probably ever purchased. Definitely. Definitely. Even more expensive than the ones you had to have shipped over from America that time. That happened also. Oh, man, I forgot about that story. This is a good one, Gilly. So um, I had a girl coming to visit me. And she knew when I left that I brought like a bunch of American condoms. But by the time she got to me, I had used them all. And I was like, fuck, if I, if I don't use those same condoms I brought here, she's going to know that I used them on someone else. So I had to ship over a bunch from America to the tune of like a hundred bucks <laughs> just so she wouldn't realize. Anyway, I'm kind of a bad person. Uh, you're a walking late night soap opera, basically. Oh, and then the one last embarrassing thing that happened was... I was lucky enough to have a, a female leaving my room one morning. And then when I saw her later that day, she was like, hey, I had a really good time last night. But by the way, you should maybe wait like five more seconds before ripping a giant fart after someone leaves your room. Oh, dear. Sound, she heard soundproofing clearly the, not very good. Through the door and everything. I'd like to think that, I'd, that the soundproofing is great, that I'm just that powerful with my blasts. <laughs> Ugh. It was one of those good ones. You know the one, right? No, like when no. a girl finally leaves and you're just like, this happened to me one time. Our girl got out of my car. Like I dropped her off at her car. And then as soon as she got out, I was like, <laughs> and then she goes, she comes running back because she forgot something. And so we were on like a cul-de-sac. What do you guys call it? Same yeah, thing. Yeah. And so rather than let her back in the car, I drove around the cul-de-sac four times. And then I was like, what's that? What? You needed me? So anyway, it was just embarrassment galore in Monaco. Uh, one last thing, I guess we got to wrap up from last week is I did say that we were going to, uh, I was, I had a little competition. Yeah. You were actually giving away some of your own money. Yeah. Some of my own money. I offered, uh, now we're, we, as we all know, EPT, uh, the EPT grand finals here is a sponsor by bananas. Yum. Tasty can peel. 
And I said, anyone out there that wants to make me a fake banana commercial, commercial for bananas, if I played it on the on the air, I would ship you $11 on Poker Stars, enough to play the Sunday Storm or something like that. Um, well, we got one submission. A whole one submission? We got one submission. This is from... Uh, now, can I just check? Is yep. this guy automatically going to get a prize? Or Absolutely. Is... I said anyone I play on the air gets oh, right. a prize. Okay. So, um, and this is from Fergal, Fergal Moore, who submitted a commercial called Taste You Can Peel. And here it is. Bananas. Taste You Can Peel. Hey, well done. Wasn't that great? Wasn't that? Sorry, just to clarify. That guy's getting a prize? That guy, not only, not only is Fergal going to get a prize, even though he's getting booed right now, not only is he going to get a prize, I'm going to give him all of the prizes. Now, I had figured I was going to I was gonna play four or five clips on the air. Yeah. And since he's the only one that submitted, I'm going to send him $44 Whoa, on that's, Poker Stars. Whoa, that's worth $44? $44 on Poker Stars. I'm in the wrong job. I need to like be making random audio that's, clips for your entertainment. That is what you get for participating in EPT Live. So thank you very much, Fergal. And I guess, I'm sorry, one last thing. Uh, so last week I, I put together a little thing for Johnny Laden. And I guess once we played that game with him, you know, the pocket fives you game. You just felt that we'd kind of we've, pushed it as far as you could without it becoming sinister. Exactly. But unfortunately this week we needed content. So I really couldn't just throw this thing away that I'd made. Basically, I think that Johnny is probably going to have nightmares about those folding those fives, maybe for the rest of his life. So I thought what I would do is I would just help him along. Here you go, Johnny Laden. This is a really exciting hand. I, this is going to get replayed over and over. Johnny wants to play so bad. He, his read is right. Does he trust his first instinct, right? He's what he may end up doing is talking himself out of his read. You can tell he's going to agonize over this. If he makes his call, one of the best reads we've ever seen at a final table. One of the greatest hands I've ever seen. If he makes the call. It's so much more epic. If the same cards, and you still have the same read, Johnny. Trust your gut. Be a hero one time. That's going to really just deal a blow to Johnny Laden. He put in so much money with the right read and then changed his mind. Oh, poor Johnny. Sorry, Johnny Laden. How about a little TV recap? TV recap. And the last TV recap for a while because we're now on summer vacation. Nine weeks with no highlight shows. So last night on Channel 4 in the UK, now available on the Pokestars YouTube channel, is the final table of EPT 11 London. And then the end of the summer, I think it's end of July, we're going to pick things up again with the PCA 2015, the super high roller in the main event. But what a show to go out on, because I thought this was one of the best final tables we've had in a long time. So if we could back the truck up for a second, what is Channel 4 going to show instead of us? Um, I don't know. We don't know. Just like a guy reading from the phone book or... I mean, they're not short of late night content. Most okay. of it's unwatchable, but they, they'll have something on in its place. Not like the EPT. Okay, yes, it was it was a fantastic final table last night. Um, really good stuff. Uh, some stuff that sort of uh, struck me. First of all, James, this is funny. I um, I didn't I didn't get it. I didn't get it until I watched... Now, I don't usually watch the show on TV. I watch it to prep for this sure off of you know like a like a file and so i don't usually watch the channel 4 show because i find it to be like really narcissistic if i sit there and watch it it's also on quite late 
I mean, I, I, I sometimes watch it back, but I'll DVR it. I won't actually oh, watch it go out live. I'm almost always up at that time anyway. But Yeah, you don't get woken up at 10 past 6 every morning. That's why. No, I sure don't. So I watched it, and I, so I had heard about this Jake Cody running thing, and I hadn't actually, I didn't put it together that it was like his run to the final table, his deep run in London. Yeah. I was like, oh! It's a metaphor! That's what this is. I was like, I, well, I was, it wasn't until I started writing the notes for this show, I was like, Jake Cody's run. Oh, his run! His run. I get it now. So we'll have to talk to Jake about that when we have him on later. Uh, the other thing that I noticed on the Ch- Channel 4 show that I don't uh, didn't ever notice before is that that lady who does like the coming up next thing, who writes those? Like when the one show is ending. Oh, the continuity announcers. Well, I don't know how Channel 4 works. I know a lot of people who've, who've done shifts as continuity announcers. A lot of them are asked to write their own content based on like the listings for the shows. Yeah. Um, I don't know what information Channel 4 are getting about our shows, but they need a new writer. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, th- They actually made it sound kind of exciting. The first continuity, whatever, whatever you call it, was like, they're down to eight in London. Find out. And I was like, okay, cool. And... Th- it just shocked me to hear someone other than us talking about our show. Yeah. But then she said something as it was starting, something about like, and now as you glance across the table, it's poker stars. Honestly, it's like zero out of 10 for effort. The most annoying one was towards the end of last year um, when Shark Cage was airing on Channel 4. Immediately after our show aired, it was the UFC. So the guy at the continuity announcer would say, in an hour's time on Channel 4, action from the cage. But first, it's poker stars. It's like, you bloody moron, you missed the perfect opportunity to say, you know, we've got action from the cage in an hour, and now action from a cage of a different kind in Shark Cage. No, no, didn't connect the two at all. Yeah, because I don't think they actually know what the show is, right? They just see that it's called Poker Stars. Because if it, you knew... Well, it's you... not. Poker Stars is the sponsor. They're not even looking at the title of the bloody show. I know, it's weird. It was weird. That was, anyway, this was worth... Sorry, Channel 4 continuity announcers, but pull your finger out. Come on. <laughs> pull your finger out of what? You know where. Okay, just just double-checking. I want to make sure it was as fun as I thought it was. Anywho, a uh, lot of good reaction to last night's okay, show, by the way. Right. Remember, people uh, tag their tweets EPT as they're watching the show. Um, one man who took a photo of his TV screen, was Kenneth Moneyman, who's a regular tweeter about our shows. And of course, Moneyman was on the rail during that final table. So at some point, we used a shot of Moneyman on the rail as a random cutaway. He's freeze-framed that, photographed his TV screen for immortality, and says, televised as a spectator, soon as a player. Hashtag EPT. Go get a Moneyman. James Watts says, it was good watching EPT London on Channel 4. Great final table. Unlucky to Jake Cody, but soon he will be a two-time winner. And remember last week we were saying there's always one or two people who are clearly watching poker for the first time? Yeah. Uh, Disha says, trying to understand poker. Now, randomly, I think I favorited that one because I like it when we've got new people watching. Yeah, for sure. And Disha actually contacted me on Twitter and said, how can I learn more about the game? So... I advised going to everythingpoker.com, which is our tutorial site. So try and organize a home game with friends. Just continue watching the TV shows because you'll pick up stuff by osmosis. So always good to find someone who's new to the game and wants to know more. Stumble across APT on Channel 4 uh, or randomly watch one of the shows on YouTube and is now a convert. I uh, happened to watch, be watching last night with someone. I have a friend in town from America, and she also uh, had either never seen poker before or um, had seen very little of it. 
And she got so into it. And she was like, look, this is a huge credit to you guys and your show because I don't know anything about these guys, but I'm really invested in this. And you know what? She really hated Kevin McPhee. She was not into Kevin. Yeah, there was a comment from Simon Beckett on Twitter who says, Kevin McPhee didn't make himself look good with all that talk about dealing. If Paoli didn't want to take ICM, he's within his rights not to. Um, also, I can't help think that I didn't do him any favours. I think when he ordered two bottled waters and I made some barbed comment about, please would be nice. Oh, yeah. He was, uh, you know, look, he's in the zone. He's at a final table. He's playing for a second EPT title. Shouldn't, should get, cut the guy some slack. Well, the weird thing is, I thought he came off as super cool, right? I thought he was just like looking really cool. But yeah, no. the, yeah the girl I was There's watching. There's a fine with... line between cool and douchey. And I can see how people might think that the uh, the kind of dial spun into the, uh, spun into the douche sort of sphere there were a couple other people at the table i wanted to talk about art corn yeah. uh very likable guy I had an awkward conversation with him by the way this jogged my memory at the start of the final table when i was doing intros and i was like how do you like your name said and he's like we're friends on facebook and i was like ha 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 so art it is then um and then have you know there's two guys at the final table named kevin and yeah. Kevin is such a weird name to me. This really doesn't have anything to do with poker, but like Kevin's not a grown-up's name. Is that because when you hear Kevin, you think of Macaulay Culkin and Home That's Alone? That's part of it, but just in general, like Kevin is a kid's name. Like there would never be like a President Kevin. There's never like <laughs> there's no Grandpa Kevin. Like we're going over to Grandpa Kevin's house. It's a it's a kid's name. It fits perfectly for Kevin McPhee and Kevin Killeen specifically, who looks like a child out there, but. It's just such a, like, you got to think about this. Pete, who works on the production sometimes, does a bit about names uh, in his stand-up act. But you got to think about it. Like, all those people who are out there naming their kids Brittany now, there's no Grandma Brittany. There's no, like, Vice President of Development Brittany. You got to think about this shit when you're naming your kids. Yeah, like, when your kind of kid gets to their sort of adulthood is, why are you called Daenerys? Why are you called yeah, exactly. Arya? Oh, my, 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 my dad was a big Game of Thrones fan. What was Game of Thrones? It was this TV show in like kind of 2015. Oh, it's unbelievable. It's so weird. Yeah. Um, I By the way, there, there were two things about the show in particular, which I thought were totally awesome outside of the poker, which was good. And obviously there was that great rail and we'll talk to Jake about that in a moment. But I love the opening sequence and we're going to talk to Jake about that. I also love the closing sequence because Sebastian Powley was such a humble emotional winner that actually I thought that that was just a really charming kind of celebration of his win. Why are you pulling a face? Why are you, well, I feel like you're saying this because you know what my reaction is going to be. Your The closer was great. I agree. It was an awesome closer. But I have one question. Where were the fucking tissues? Because when I watched that winner interview, which is the best one I've ever done, I handed him tissues at the end of it and in the TV version, before I can get to that, we fade out and go to some very emotional thing, which was great, I'm not gonna lie, but my tissues got cut out. Where are my fucking tissues? You know when we say there is a time for comedy and a time for drama? It wasn't comedy. It was it was it was light, but it was emotional still. There's no reason why we couldn't have gone to the great closer. I don't I don't look, I'm I'm mostly messing around. I think it probably is better without it. But what I'm what what irks me about it. What irks me about it is that everyone sat in here and they're like, let's just show Joe the version where we use the tissue gag because he's probably not going to ever watch it after this. So just in the VO, we'll show him his little tissue gag and he'll be happy and he'll walk out and he'll, he won't go, where is my tissue gag? But then all of a sudden, I watched it on television this time and I saw that y'all took it out. And now, now I'm going to watch all the shows with a fine tooth comb 
And you're going to hear about it every week on this show on EPT Live. Not live. EPT not live. I don't care. Not right now, I don't. I want to know where my tissues are. I'm going to need them right now. So tissues or no tissues, Sebastian Pauli was the winner. Matty tweets, he deserved it. Really played great all tournament. But let's be honest, the guy that we were really rooting for, the guy who would have been great to see take down his second EPT title was the hometown hero, Jake Cody from Team PokerStars Pro. Uh, so let's talk to the man himself. Great to have you on EPT Not Live, Jake. Great to be here, James. How's it going? We're good, thank you. Um, I hope you've had a chance to see the show because yeah. I know you got dragged out of bed one morning at 4am to shoot that epic opening sequence. So I hope you like the way it turned out. I think it actually looks really sick. So I was, I was really happy with the way it looked, although it did take the whole day over the one minute, but I thought it was definitely worth it. Jake, when you were shooting it, did you get that it was a metaphor, like your run to the your deep run to the final table? Because I didn't get that until I till this morning, actually. Uh, yeah, I only got that when I saw it too. Aha! See, it was about him. <laughs> and uh, did you realize that you were dressed up a lot like Mac from Mike Tyson's Punch Out? Do you remember, like after you beat like three levels, you would be on, you'd be running behind a bike, and then uh, you'd be wearing a red hoodie while your coach was on a bike in front of you. That, that game may be too old for you, but you look just yeah. like him. That's got over my head. Okay, fine. <laughs> was it weird uh, going back and shooting that? like long after the result already happened. I mean, you know, it's television, right? So we make it seem like it was happening in the moment. That was only a few weeks ago, and obviously the final table was actually last year. Um, it was a little weird, but it was kind of cool to, like, go back to the corner rooms and, like, remember it all. And the shoot day itself, uh, what? How? I know it was a long, arduous day, but was it cool and fun, like, having a whole shoot? It was really cool, like, seeing, like, what, what goes on behind the scenes and, like, how much work goes into these things. It was really cool. Actually, it made me give, have a lot more respect for the TV team. I mean, we certainly sympathise because you were working with the man, the myth, the legend that is Bruce Baggles, uh, Aussie cameraman of the year, four years running, and now an Emmy Award winner. The guy is a perfectionist. He also shot Hugh Jackman's wedding. I mean, obviously, started on Neighbours, still regarded as one yep. of the best TV shows of all time, uh, now has obviously progressed uh, to the EPT. But, I mean, outside of that sequence itself, Jake, watching the show back, I mean, were you happy Obviously not with the final result, but the way you played at that final table. Obviously, we saw that amazing fold you made at the first hand. I mean, to us, it looks amazing. You're probably just going to turn around and went, no, it's standard. <laughs> uh, it's definitely not standard. Um, it's, it was very much play independent. And uh, just the way the hand played out, I, he's basically just think he's just very rarely bluffing. And I was a little bit worried if he somehow checked. He's had to check the flop with something like King, Queen of Hearts, and now he wants to bet that. But... Um, other than that, I can't think of one hand that I beat the best. I mean, that's that's putting it very simply. It's still a pretty amazing fold, but yeah. So when you when you pare it down, that's what the logic is. On the TV too, you don't actually see how long I tank for in a lot of the decisions, and I took for way way longer than it looks. <laughs> Jake, that fold on the first hand was so sick that like I was playing on the play along app, and I, even though I had seen it three times, I still got it wrong. <laughs> Like, I was like, call. No, wait, no, he folds. How did he do that? I saw it live. I saw it when I was prepping the show. And I saw it when I voiced the show. And I still couldn't believe that you folded. I was actually, kind of sounds a bit ridiculous, but I was considering shoving two to get him to fold a better hand, which, which would have been pretty ridiculous. But I mean, that might have worked, right? Because he just had kings, right? Yeah. Wow. Here's, here's one question, Jake, because obviously, I mean, it, that may not have been the very first hand of the final table, but certainly it was very early on. Yeah. 
mean, it's the first hand from the TV edit, obviously. But because Art Corrin calls there and you get to see Kevin Killeen's hand, you get to see that you made a really good laydown. Psychologically, where does that put you for the rest of the final table? You feel like a genius, especially when, when he calls the Queen Jack too. Yeah. But <laughs> um, obviously, yeah, that's a great confidence boost. And to, to knowing straight away that obviously, because if you don't get to see the hand, although in, in your head you think it's probably a good fold, because you, you don't actually see it, you're like, oh, my God, I'm going to look so stupid here if he's just got like a shack or something inside to bluff forever. Jake, was it a little annoying last night in the UK here where the show aired where you tweeted, um, hey, my big moment here on the EPT is coming up. And then like a bunch of people wrote back, who cares? Jason Mercier is deep in a scoop right now. <laughs> I didn't see anyone put that. They did that to my tweet. They were like, I'm not watching that show. Jason Mercier is deep in a scoop. And I was like, OK, whatever. No big deal. It's just Jake Cody jogging. It's I fine. was deep in that scoop too, but I, I busted out earlier than he did. And also you haven't won three of them already, so they're not quite paying attention as much. No, no, nobody cares. Jake, in this in this uh, main event here that you just went super deep, didn't you end up giving away a bunch of money to one of your fans for like the play with Jake thing? Yeah, well, it was eat with Jake this time. <laughs> Tell us, recap that story for us. Well, so normally the competition is that I retell a hand uh, and then put out on Twitter. Somebody has the guest hand and I'll give them away 1% of the wins. But I was playing day one of the tournament and just really had no interest in hands. And it's kind of a bit stupid if you're just like, yeah, raise pre-flop, bet the flop. What, what do I have? <laughs> obviously because you know it could be anything um, so I decided to just come up with one called Eat With Jake so I'd had pizza last the night before and had like a kind of weird free toppings and I thought if anyone can guess these free toppings I'll just do that one instead as a competition to give something away and somebody got it it was a weird toppings too wasn't it like tuna egg and a anchovy not quite that weird it was like jalapeno beef and onion I think it was and that guy got 1% of your equity. What did that actually amount to? Because you, you obviously cashed for a decent score. Yeah, and he, he was just a student and ended up sending him um, 40, just under £1,400 on, on Pokestars. That's cool, man. That's fun you do stuff like that. I like that. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was awesome. I was like happy how excited he was about it. We, met, we mentioned the, the atmosphere at the final table, and obviously Kevin Killeen's family turning out in their bizarre outfits was very entertaining. Um, you had a few... Uh, f friends and fans on the rail, some of whom may or may not have been consuming alcohol, and on on more than one occasion may have been, may have been a bit embarrassing. Did they do anything embarrassing? Did you say? Uh, well, I mean, the fact that one of them didn't realise that you'd actually lost the hand didn't help. <laughs> Feraldo, yeah. <laughs> um, I thought it was kind of funny. I mean, you know, I I, I didn't like. I wasn't annoyed by it that they celebrated. I thought it was pretty hilarious. Okay, good, because in watching the show back, it's it's tough to tell, like, you're definitely proud, for sure, and you're definitely into it, but also you're like, you seem a little reserved, like, I don't want to egg these guys on too much. I mean, in this situation, I'm obviously, like, really, really, like, so appreciative and, like, happy that people are there, but I mean, I'm, at the same time, I need to, like, keep myself kind of serious and in the zone, so I kind of don't want to interact, you know, too much, because I'm just trying to, like, play my best. And is it just me or is Sam Grafton not the funniest dude ever? He's <laughs> like just so witty too. And I don't know how he like comes out with some of this thing. That leather jacket thing. Was yeah, so this is my favorite line of Sam's from last night. Leather jackets for everyone on the rail if he wins. <laughs> he can't be having better lines than me. And I, I was genuinely irritated. Like that line is probably funnier than anything I said in last night's show. It would have been funny if you just stole it. Like, <laughs> like didn't put that in the cut and then you just said that. We actually did that one time to Neil Johnson. <laughs> Neil said something really funny, and we weren't going to use him. And I was like, all right, I'll just nick that line. No problem. Uh, Johnson. Uh, Jake, 
obviously another deep run in an EPT, another final table. This is your third final table now, having won Deauville, uh, made the greatest final table of all time at the grand final in season nine, now London. You must be feeling it's only a matter of time before you do get that second title. I mean, it's, it's still very, very difficult EPTs, especially there's only, there's only six or eight throughout the year now, and obviously it's, it's the toughest competition. But, you know, I, I've, I'm quite confident I can continue to go deep, and, you know, hopefully one of the times that I'd make one of the final tables, it's just going to go my way, and I'm going to win one again. Jake, I don't know if you've been aware of this or not, but I've been joking around that now on, the, on EPT TV shows and EPT Live, when you are uh, in the tank or when you're concentrating, because you're now a dad, I say that now you've got dad face. <laughs> I've seen that, yeah. And so uh, what I've done, I was hoping you'd play a little game with us. I want to play a game with you right now on the air called Who's Your Daddy? You down? Um, <laughs> I guess so. Here we go. As if he has a choice. You have no that choice. That's a little sorted, but let's do it. Not sorted at all. The game's called Who's Your Daddy? All questions have got to do with dads or daddies. Okay, buddy boy? Uh, I guess okay. We're Let's gonna make it. it pretty easy on you. Don't worry. I hope this isn't t a test of my fatherhood skills. It is not. I thought about doing one of those, like, how many eyes does a baby have? And just seeing if you got them right or wrong, but I decided to go easy on you. Here you go. First question. This American candy shares the same name as a rich older man who attempts to spoil a younger partner. Sugar Daddy. Correct! Sugar Daddy is correct. One for one. I've heard of it, though. Uh, we're gonna skip that one for now because I think that was too American-centric. Here we go! Jake, Apollonis. Op is an order of arachnid, but not technically a spider, that is sometimes referred to as this. Uh, Big Daddy? Big Daddy is incorrect. We were looking for Daddy Long Legs. Oh, of course. Daddy Long Legs. Here we go. What Hollywood movie involves two men who are laid off and start a home daycare? Big Daddy. Big Daddy. Also incorrect. This now, Big Daddy may be an answer eventually. That was Daddy Daycare. It was right there. This is reminding me of that episode of Family Fortunes where the guy just <laughs> said turkey for everything, and eventually I think he got one right. All right, next question. This English professional wrestler was born Shirley Crabtree. Big Daddy. Yes! yes well done. Big Daddy is correct. Finally, whoo! <laughs> what popular website was Vanessa Russo rapping when she finished second in the NBC Heads Up in 2009? Go Daddy. Go Daddy is correct. What's he at right now? He is uh, three and two. Three and two, all right. This last one, I'm going to ask this one anyway, even though it's too hard for you because I like the answer. It's funny. This popular Twitter account has earned its owner a book deal and an animated series on Comedy Central. Don't worry, I don't expect you to know this one. Yeah, That's Dad Boner. Dad Boner. Dad Boner. And finally, the last one is a two-part question. Okay. What does Detective John Kimball want to know? Who's your daddy? That's part of it. One one correct? Uh, da -da, da -da. Who is your daddy and what does he do? <laughs> 
So what's Jake's final score there? Leave out Dad Boner. That one's too hard. Okay, in that case, we're going to say that Jake is 4-2. and two. Jake is 4-2. and two. Congratulations, Jake Cody. You've won the game. Who's your daddy? There is no cash prize. There is no prize. Let's quickly move past that. You get to go on living your wonderful life with your beautiful wife and child and playing professional poker. That's the prize you get. That's a pretty good prize. It sure is. You get to go on being Jake Cody. Jake Cody, thanks a lot for being with us, buddy. No problem. Now's the time of the show where we typically go into the lobby, but there's really only one thing happening on Poker Stars right now, in addition to the other thousands of things happening. Really, it is all scoop all the time. Scoop, 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 scoop. And uh, how many more events are there for Jason Mercia to win? I think we're halfway through it. Yeah, actually, no, the main event, it concludes this weekend, May 24th. Okay. So uh, let's talk about the main event of the scoop. Like all the other events, three buy-in levels, Obviously, for the main event, even the low is kind of a little bit on the pricey side, $109. But price pool guaranteed at $1 million. That's for the low? That's for the low. Shit. Uh, The mid is a $1,050 buy-in with a $2 million prize pool guaranteed. And if you've got $10,300 in your stars account, you could play the high. That has a guaranteed (laughs) prize pool? Got that. I got that. No problem. Just buy right in. Four million dollars. Now, just to go back to the low, because I did say 109 is 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 on the high side, and I'm not going to lie to you. If I was still allowed to play real money poker on PokerStars, I'd probably be looking to satellite into this. Into and what? The low? Even the low. 109 bucks would be a lot for me to play a single tournament. Okay. okay? 102 satellites currently available for as little as one dollar or 50 FPPs. Sick. Uh, something to be aware of, by the way. Uh, a particular warning for Joe Stapleton. What? All of the Scoop main events, all three buy-in levels, they are two-day two events. events. I was going to yes. ask you about that. I'm actually going to a wedding this weekend. I can't play the Scoop. Remember Phil Sternheimer, the guy who played Death by Quads? He spawned the expression hashtag Death by Quads. Yeah, he's getting married this weekend in Italy, and he's uh, he's invited me. So I'm going to I'm gonna be in Italy. And Do you say Puglia or Puglia? Uh, I'm not 100% sure. Just say you're going to Italy. It's easier. All, I'm, all I want to know is if am I going to Puglia at his wedding? Huh? Probably. I'm <sighs> hoping so. I got to gotta go tuxedo shopping. It's black tie. Are you actually going to buy a tuxedo no, or are you going to rent one? absolutely not. I'm going to rent one because, right. look, I, I don't need more stuff to eventually ship back to America. I need, to, I need less stuff. So, yeah, I'm going to go rent a, a tuxedo soon. Uh, also, as long as we're talking about Scoop, there's yes. Scoop uh, recaps, Scoop replays. Absolutely. There's some really good analysis of some of the final tables available to watch at PokerStars.tv uh, with commentators like Nick Welfall working alongside Liv Barry, uh, David Tuckman teaming up with Barry Greenstein. So great to relive Jason Mercier winning yet another Scoop. And as I said at the start of the show, we're going to try and get Jason on next week and do a full kind of Scoop in review, if scoop you Scoop like. wrap-up. Yeah, there's not much else going on in our world there's no more events no more tv shows to talk about so we're gonna jump on the old scoop bandwagon next week uh there is one tv show actually which people should be aware of uh we have produced a one hour highlight show of the ept malta final table this was not a televised event we live streamed it this is the final table featuring dominic panker uh that one hour highlight show from malta now available at pokestars.tv excellent now, we do have one live event to cover. James did, did me a little solid here. Let's do event recap. Brighton edition. Event recap. Event recap. 
Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah, to be fair, full disclosure, I did not take a plane to Brighton. Yeah, I wasn't going to redo the sound effects. To be fair, we used the same one for Doville as well, and we drove there, so... Okay, yeah. It just means it's a generic thing for travel of any kind. But yes, you were beside the seaside, down by Brighton Pier. Yeah, I've been to Brighton once before for an internet date. I had, like, a two-day internet date down there. I had a great time. I actually went to Comedia Comedy Club with this internet date uh, years ago, two years ago. Uh, And this year, I had actually booked a gig at the very same comedy club. Now, when I say booked a gig, I'm not going to make it seem like more than this. It's still an unpaid gig. Okay. Still an unpaid gig. What they do on Sunday nights is they have two paid comedians, one who opens the show. Then they do three sort of new acts in the middle and then a closer that closes the show. Now, I got to tell you, I was nervous as fuck all day Sunday. Now, part of it, what didn't help is that I had, like I said, I have a friend in town. She and I partied late, 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 late into the night on Saturday night. Didn't go to bed till long after the sun came up. And so I was just in horrible shape. Well, that seems like a rather silly thing to do. It is a rather silly thing to do. I was kind of, I was Gareth Colesing it. Um, (laughs) I was pulling the old Gareth Coles. Um, And so I was like really fragile the next day, like emotional. You know, you're just like, just in a fragile state. And so then I was just nervous. And so Matt Harper, who's the media coordinator for Poker Stars, um, she is the one who actually helped me get this gig because she gave me the first email address that I got when I set all this up. She rallied about 20 people down in Brighton. Wow. To come see the show. To be fair, Matt is very good at shepherding people slash kind of like bossing them around yeah so. absolutely um rob the hippie king came out with his wife our original super fan from episode one of right. not Live. And if he's if he's earning it he was wearing the chop pot t-shirt i mean what a guy that guy really earns the super fan status uh interesting story about rob is he introduced me to someone as his missus and then another younger person age sort of indeterminate and didn't introduce her like with a status just this is this person's name and i was forced to wonder like is that his daughter is that do they have like a weird three-way girlfriend relationship happen? Like, do they have like a third person in there? And no, it just turns out that it's his stepson's girlfriend. But it was like I was too embarrassed to ask at first, and it wasn't until I saw him the next day that I got him back. So yeah, uh, Ted and Chris from the office here, who live in London, took a train down. You see, I admire to that because not being funny, I won't even schlep two miles across London to see you. You have to specifically be in my borough. For me to go to one of your comedy gigs. Well, that's that, I don't I don't really mind that actually. It's fine. London's a big city. It's a pain in the butt getting around. Um, I will say that if you were gonna make a journey, this was the one to do because a lot of times I don't pressure people to come to my gigs here in the city because I never know what what they're gonna be like. Sometimes yeah. the microphone's broken. Sometimes there's like six people in the audience, and sometimes it's really awkward. So I was really nervous about this. Um, and then, so I like I really couldn't speak to him, but it was a really cool experience. I got there, and there was no marquee, but like my name was on the list of performers, like on all the screens. And when I went backstage, there was like you know there was an actual backstage. Were you listed as Joe Stapleton, or were you listed as Joe Stapes Stapleton? Joe Stapes Stapleton. I I was just Joe Stapleton. I feel it feels really douchey to be like to call myself Stapes, but they did have my Twitter handle all over the place on all their screens and stuff. And it was the first time I'd ever done a gig that had an actual green room, like a backstage. We were uh, entitled to free food and drink, which was cool, which I'm not really used to. Um, And then the MC, while he was warming the crowd up, obviously starts picking on people in the crowd. And 
What are the Please chances? Please tell me he picked on Mad. Please tell me he picked on Mad. He didn't pick on Mad specifically, but he picked on uh, Chris. Um, and now, the chances of him finding someone that works for poker stars were very high, or works in poker, is there because of poker. So he picks on Chris, who got him with a pretty good zinger, but then he starts, he's like, what do you do? He's like, oh, I work in poker. And then the MC decides to go on this riff about poker on TV. Uh-oh. Right, uh-oh, big time uh-oh. Which luckily, I was like, God, first, I just hope he doesn't come up with better bits than I have, because I don't do any poker on TV bits. Uh, but his bit was, isn't it amazing that... Um, Poker is this game where you're supposed to um, have no emotion whatsoever, and yet we're supposed to be entertained by watching this on TV. And it was okay. Like, it wasn't like, I'm obviously not doing the bit justice, but I, but I, when I talked to him backstage, I was like, you're kind of bringing up like one of the one of the big sticking points that we're facing. Yeah. Is that, you know, as people get better at poker, they become less and less emotional. He thinks like, he's doing a bit. Actually, he's starting a debate about the future of televised poker exactly. and how the game is presented and to I get a to, mass audience. He was he was bored to tears um, when I started talking to him about that. Well, it's his fault. He started it. So, uh, everyone, I, overall, I'll tell you what, rather than just tell you how it went, I, I put a little clip together. It's like a minute and a half long if you guys want to just hear how things kicked off for me in, uh, in Brighton. So, go ahead, Gilly. Like I said, uh, three acts in this section, so we are barreling straight on the next act. Are you ready for our next act? Yeah! Let's start so that enthusiasm before loads of noise. Welcome to the stage, Joe Stapleton! Did someone boo? Hello! I'm not sure. Hello, the People's Republic of Brighton and Hove. Gotta include both of them. You guys in a good mood tonight? Yeah. That's awesome. It's hard to be in a good mood on a Sunday. I'm in a great mood because I saw one of my favorite things today. On the train on the way down here, I saw a race for an empty seat. <laughs> I love that. My favorite part of that is because both participants are English. When it's over, they both have to pretend like they never wanted a seat in the first place. <laughs> Which is really hard for the guy that wins to pull it off. He always sits down and he does that thing where he's like, oh, did you... He tries to offer it back to the person who lost. <laughs> and the person is like, no, this is my lucky handrail. I was over here. No one can admit that they were in a race. So I live in the UK now. Uh, my absolute favorite thing uh, living in the UK that's different from America is that it's really, really hard to get shot here. <laughs> and if you do, it's free to have the bullet taken out. <laughs> For now. So there's just a couple of jokes from the beginning of the set there. I, I don't like to give away too much, guys. Sorry, I'd love to put the whole thing up there. There was not one embarrassing moment, but in case some other folks come out to see me again, I want some new stuff to be heard. Uh, it was a sold-out crowd, a 300-seater. Um, you know, the biggest crowd I've probably played to before is maybe 40, maybe 50. Um, I did forget, due to nerves, I did forget one bit. I left out one thing, but it didn't really matter. Um, it was not one of my best ones. It was maybe even maybe my weakest bit. So it was like some editing on the spot. Uh, so I just had a really great time. It was a really magical night. I'm glad it went really well. I'm glad it went well because I know that I think actually the last time we spoke about your comedy gigs, you were going up to Buckingham. Yes. And I know that that was yeah. going to be the first gig you'd done outside London. Yes. Obviously, some of the material you have, which is maybe a little bit controversial for want of a better word you were concerned about how that would play outside of the great metropolis yeah well i left out both semi-controversial things i do a couple jokes about like race relations within london and um 
both Mad and Neil Stoddart, who lives down in London now, are, like hate those jokes. Like really, really hate them. I decided, why risk it? Yeah. Why possibly alienate the audience? And I didn't tell those jokes either in uh, in Buckingham or in uh, in Brighton. Now Buckingham was a much different experience where I still did. I do a bunch of jokes about the tube, um, more specifically about the tube, and not just about a train. And I did those in Buckingham, and they didn't go over that great. But the Buckingham gig was amazing. It was in a shed. In a shed. It was. I walked into the pub, and I'm like, "Where is the comedy?" And I'm like, "Oh, it's not here." That's not. Then there was an art ch- exhibition happening in another room in in the pub. Sorry, sorry, an art exhibition in yes. a pub, and with a band playing. Like that. Well, it wasn't really a band. It was like, do you remember Marty and Elaine from Swingers? It was like those two people playing uh, an art exhibition. And then I was like, okay, well, this is run the right for the room. hills. That's the message you're being sent here. Well, that's that's where the comedy was in the hills. Like, so you had to go outside, and there was like a little <laughs> shed, like a schoolhouse, or I don't know what it was originally. And that's where the comedy was. And in that one, I thought I, I actually didn't think I did very well. But my friend who drove me there, she said I did great. But there was one guy in the front row who wasn't laughing. And I was just fixated on this guy, like to the point where I almost stopped my set and wanted to be like, sir, what can I do for you? How can I, how can I please you? What kind of material would you like? Because he just wasn't laughing at all. And I think that I let that get in my head a little bit. But yes, it was fantastic. But equally as fun is doing this um, this Brighton comedy gig was Mad said, hey, as a favor to me, will you come? Will you stay one extra night and play in this pub poker league? These guys are all your biggest fans. Oh god, this is the one she's always talking about. These yes. are the people who are like they they're a focus group on our TV shows. Basically, yes. Basically, Mad always funnels back what they thought of a particular episode or what they thought of a particular event. So you actually got to meet them face to face. I got to meet all these people, and the funny thing is, though, like months ago, like six months ago, Mad says, "Hey, will you join this Facebook group called Poker at the Unity?" Um, because they would really love it. Even if it just popped in every once in a while, of you, they would really love it. Um, so just, uh, just, and the day I joined this group, this huge drama kicks off that eventually became known as the Satellite Six. Where like these guys, they kind of like decided there was a satellite happening, and they decided that if there were eight players, that two people would a seat, but if there were seven, uh, only one person would. And so what they decided they would do is they were going to buy in an extra person. Because only oh. seven showed up. And then, like, the pub owner freaked out and banned them all from life, <laughs> even though it wasn't even in his game. And he just owned. So, this huge drama. So, basically, pub negotiated a truce. And then, then the, like, the very next day, they started their own pub league. Oh, for heaven's sake. So, Mad, Mad negotiated this truce for them to come together. Oh, Convy was there. I, I, sorry, I, should, I, I totally left out the fact that Convy was there for the whole thing, came down for the, for the, um, for the comedy and everything. So between me and Convy, you know, everyone sort of came together and settled their differences and like buried the hatchet. And they had the biggest turnout they'd ever had before. Uh, they had an added two extra tables. They had like 40 people in the pub. They'd never even cracked 30 before. I don't think. Uh, and it was a really fun night. Got absolutely shit faced. was so drunk. And eventually I had to be pulled out of there because at a certain point after I'd been busted out, I spent, most of the night talking to the pub owner's daughter. This is the pub owner who banned six people Correct. and probably owns some form of weaponry, which he keeps behind the bar. And so we got to some point where um, we were talking about like how old she was, and it was clear she was pretty young. And so whenever I guess a woman's age, I always guess three to four years younger than what I think they're going to be. And so she's like, so how old do you think I am? And I was like, you're 19. And she was like, yup. And I was like, oh, Okay. 
And of course, I didn't want to leave. They dragged me out of there. And I was like, okay, fine. And then we, we were, they saved you from yourself. We were texting for a while after that. Oh, for heaven's sake. And, um, at, and then I woke up in the morning with all my clothes on. And I was like, oh, thank God. Thank God nothing happened because I, I probably would have thrown up on her. Like I was in that kind of state. Like I was really, really drunk. So overall, fantastic time. Had just had the best time in Brighton. Loved those guys, uh, the Unity, the Swan, whatever the fuck they're called now. Good guys. The weird thing is, remember when we were at the British Poker Awards at the Hippodrome a couple of months ago, and we met a bunch of guys from the Poker League, which won the uh, award that the night. The really bizarrely dressed guy Dominic was down there with the with the purple bowler hat and the crushed velour suit and but, all that. But the thing is, these people are such big fans that I actually think that maybe we should make the effort to maybe play a couple of pub leagues in London while you're still here. It would be great. Back, no, I would. I mean, that's I really want to do that. It's kind of a no brainer that we don't do that. It's. Honestly, I don't want to put this idea out there. It's a no-brainer that PokerStars doesn't have one. It doesn't make any sense. Like, it's great marketing. It's super cheap. It doesn't really make any sense. But, yes, I'd be happy to do it, especially if they're going to be as welcoming and as fun as those guys there. Um, you know, it would be nice if we could, if I could win a race. Jen Mason was there. Um, who else was there? There's probably some people I'm leaving out that I probably shouldn't be. Um, Neil Stoddart was there. Um, EPT photographer. Yeah, uh, just really, really good times. And I assume some photos will be coming out on Facebook and stuff soon. So keep your eyes peeled for those guys if you're all interested. Well, Joseph, we've got a super fan on standby. Let's see if we can give away a T-shirt and a Step C ticket. One of them loves the EPT, knows it inside out, and would do anything for the European Poker Tour. The other one is Joe Stapleton. It's super fan versus Stapes. And up this week... Hoping to continue the winning trend for the superfans who are now 4-3 and three against Joe Stapleton. What? It's Ed Kilworth. Welcome to EPT Not Live, Ed. Hello, how are you? Great to have you with us, Ed. Um, we've met, haven't we? We met in a casino in Birmingham, I think I'm right in saying, a couple of years ago. Did? Yeah. Uh... Ed, I'm going to be doing a comedy show in the East Midlands, not far from Birmingham, on uh, June 5th, Saturday, June 5th, in Hollybush. I don't know if you're around, but you should come by. I'll buy you a beer. It's the response I'm used to getting when I ask people to come to my comedy shows. Yeah, if I can get up there, I'll, I'll be there, Joe. Oh, is it far? I don't know anything about the geography of the UK. I hope that's not what today's Superfan vs. Stapes about. It's not about geography. It's actually, uh, as I open the sealed envelope, uh, the game is actually a little bit Stapleton-esque. Oh. It's the kind of quiz that Joe normally comes up with. Uh, it's called... The combination game. Ooh. Now, the idea is all the answers involve the names of EPT champions. So, really, we're testing your knowledge of EPT winners. And there have now been, what, 105 of them? Um, and the idea is you need to combine two names. I'm going to give you an example so you can tell how the game works. If I asked you, for example, to combine a martial arts legend with the PokerStars mascot, you might give me the answer, Bruce Lee Jones. <laughs> wow okay so you you basically get the format that's how it works now because the super fans are the reigning champions ed i'm going to give you the choice would you like to go first or second i'll let joe go first okay you let joe go first good choice let's get to it stapes all right super fan versus stapes question one joe stapleton's favorite ept champ Combined with a season two London winner. Okay. Can't. 
Can, what was the answer for the sample question? Just the answer. Bruce Lee Jones. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Kent Lundmark Telcher. Correct for two uh, points. Okay. Whew. The reason why I'm giving you two points, by the way, is because if you kind of get it almost but not quite, gonna I'm going to give you a point. Okay. okay. So, Ed, this is your question. This is question two. The guy who beat Ivy in Barcelona combined with a Roger Federer lookalike. Uh, right, so I've got the Roger Federer lookalike. And the guy who beat Phil Ivy. Hmm. What season did you say that was? Season two? It was season three. Season three. Ivy finished heads second place, heads up against this guy. He beat Ivy in Barcelona. Combine that with a Roger Federer lookalike and you get... Oh, I don't know the first part. I know Glenn Chorney's the Roger Federer lookalike. Okay, well, I'll give you one point for that. Let's see if Joe can get the other point. So if I, if I understand the game correctly, the first person's name has to end with Glenn? Yes. Okay, that's easy. John Glenn Chorney. John Glenn being the director of seven James Bond movies, but not... An EPT winner. No! Are you serious? Bjorn Eric Glenn was the guy. Oh. So the answer I was looking for was Bjorn Eric Glenn Shawnee. But, as I said, Ed gets a point for remembering that uh, Glenn Shawnee's mum told him, you look a bit like Roger Federer. How could I have forgotten Bjorn Eric Glenn? I'm having lunch with him tomorrow. Uh, Joe, your second question. An American who came back from one small blind combined with a German... Who was asked to show the bluff? Okay. So the German asked to show the bluff was Martin Schleich. Who? So who? Someone and Jesse Martin Schleich. Incorrect. Now you may get a point for the Schleich part. Let's see if Ed can identify the other part of the puzzle. Was it Michael Martin? So the answer would be Michael Martin Schleich. Yes, so I'm going to give Joe one point and Ed one point. Joe leads 3-2. Ed, it's your question. The second champion of champions combined with a Hendon mobster. Hmm. This is tough. This is a tough one, Hardy. The champion of champions was only held twice. First time it was won by Jason Mercier. But the guy who won it the second time, if you were to combine him with a Hendon mobster, you would get this answer. Um, wow, this one, I think I got it. I got to write it down. That's how complicated it is, though. Uh, I'm trying to work out the Hendon mobster. Um, There's only four of them. And the one of them has to have won an EPT. Yes. That must be round plus one. He's getting there! I'm going to have to rush you, Ed Kilworth. Uh... I think, was it Galen Hall who won the champion of the champions? No. I'm basically going to give you one point for getting Ram Vaswani. Joe, I think you're going to steal a point here. Christoph Benzim Ram Vaswani? Yes. Christoph Benzimra was the second champion of champions. So What's Joe, the score? Because I want Ed to win. Uh, you lead 4-3. Okay. Uh, and Ed, this is the final Ed. round. Ed, we got this. Okay, here we go. Joe, this is your question. Yep. Harry Potter lookalike... Combined with French bloke with rat. Okay, so we've got... Hold on, I'm just writing it down. It's easier for me. 
David Vamplu's Carol. Incorrect. You're trying to tell me that the author of Alice in Wonderland did not have a rat, nor was he French. What? Ed, let's see if you can steal this one. Well, let's go. David Lamplusian Cohen? Yes. (laughs) Well played, that man. He got through it. He got there in the end. Okay, now this last one is tough. This is probably the toughest one of all. Oof, okay. Czech champion who won on home soil combined with the former model who finished on top in Baden. Ooh. Okay. Um... So who finished with two N's on top in Baden? Finished champion. So What's that, season... That was season two. And I'm going to give you another clue. He famously turned up a day late because his flight was delayed and still won. I think I might have him. What's the first part of the clue? He was a Czech champion. So he's from the Czech Republic and he won on home soil. So he won EPT Prague. Oh, um... That is a hard one because it wasn't televised and it wasn't live streamed. So in some people's minds, it never happened. James being one of those people. <laughs> I'm not too, too sure about the first part. I think I've got the second part of it. Of it. Um, I, I think Patrick Antonius is the second. Is the okay, finish. I'm going to give you a point for Patrick Antonius, which means you go 5-4 up over Joe Stapleton. Can Joe get the first part of the puzzle? Flying Saw Sarah Chaffak. Finnish no. model. No, 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 whoa, no, 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 whoa, no, no. You said Finnish model. Yeah, Patrick Antonius. I didn't specify female model. He was a male model. Come on, male models. Seriously. Uh, the Czech champ, by the way, was Jan Scamper. So the answer I was looking for was Jan Scampatrick Antonius. Oh. But I'm going to give Ed the point for getting Patrick Antonius because that was all the way back in season two. Oh, good for you. And that means, Ed, we are going to give you the Step C ticket worth 27 euros and an Everyone Loves a Chop Pot t-shirt. That's hot. Thank you. Nice one, Ed Kilworth. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much for taking part in Superfan vs. Stapes. You have proved that you are indeed a Superfan. Is that it? Are we done? It's we, over? We we're it done. All? We're there. We got there. So next time, what what are we going to talk about next time? Scoop! We're going to do a Scoop recap. How am I going to make Scoop sound fun? Uh, you did about 28 shows where you had to make Scoop fun. So you've got to go into the archives and dig out some material from three years ago. That is true. Actually, it was four years ago you did those shows. a long-ass time ago. Exactly. So no one's going to remember the material. I don't think they're online anymore, so no one's going to know that you're plagiarizing yourself. That is true. Maybe we can dig to the bottom of that, find some old chestnuts down there. Uh, no more TV recaps for a while. Yeah, as I said, obviously all those London shows are now available on YouTube. So if you did miss any of them, including the final table, you can check that out. And there is one new show. We're not going to talk about it next week because we did our Malta recap some weeks ago. But do check out the highlights of the final table of the main event from Malta, available to watch at pokestars.tv. I got a pitch for you, James. What do you say that we just do a TV recap of whatever Channel 4 airs in our time slot? Okay, I'm up for that. All right, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. Oh, God, I'm going to look on the Sky Guide now and see what let's actually see what it is, is on. Go ahead, Let's go ahead and see what it is. I also, I'm going to keep playing your banana commercials. If you guys, you have one more chance... 
to send in a banana commercial. One thing I didn't mention, by the way, so maybe it's good that you guys didn't do it, is that uh, don't you can't use anything that's like licensed music in it. So, you know, if you've got like a popular song or something in it, I can't play it. I can't play it if there's a clip from a movie. So it's got to be totally original. And I'm willing to go back now, uh, even though I'm going to give the $44. I'm going to give $44 to uh, Enorma Pengar for his... Uh, that wasn't it. That wasn't Enorma Pengar. It was... Uh, it was Kearney, whatever this guy's name was. I'm sorry, my memory sucks. To the right guy, to the guy who sent it in, Fergal, that was his name. Fergal's going to get 44 bucks. I'm willing to make the same offer again for next week. If you guys make banana commercials, I will send you cold, hard cash. Also, in the meantime, pay attention, watch my Twitter, because I will be Twitch streaming both video games and more than likely poker within the next week as well. So uh, keep your eyes peeled. James, what's on Channel 4 next week in our time slot? KOTV Boxing Weekly. Oh, my God. Action from the heavyweight bout at Metro Radio Arena, Newcastle, uh, featuring Anthony Joshua and Jason Gavin, plus a classic fight from the archives and the latest boxing news. It has a rating of 1.6, whatever that means. That must be what people think of who don't like poker when they see the EPTs on, because I'm just like, oh, God, groan. <laughs> I'm really regretting this bit. I'm actually backing out of that bit. I don't know if I'm going to stay up till 1 o'clock in the morning watching boxing. Or not even, like, real good, but, like, okay, old boxing I've got highlights. It. I've got it. Then yeah. let's 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 check out the opposition. At the same time, if you were to switch to the BBC, they've got Antiques Roadshow, episode 21 yes. of 26 that, of season 37. That I can be on board for. How's Antiques Roadshow been on for 37 years? Yep. That's how long it's been going. That's there's No, that can't be. They must well, do more was, than one season a year. It was definitely on when I was a kid. So it could oh, easily you know, be 37 it's, it's, years old. I guess it must be new to America, newer, because it definitely wasn't on my whole life. Anyway, US, Fiona but. Bruce and the team are visiting Kelvin Grove Art Gallery and Museum in Glasgow. I cannot wait for I that. I want some of that. That is all the time we got for this week's show. For myself, Joe Stableton, and my co-host, James Hardigan, I am saying, smell you later. <laughs> <laughs>